Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, we want you to say that uh, from the very beginning, that you are already releasing faith that that's what's going to happen. You're not going to waste uh, the next several minutes, but you're going to get an impartation, you're going to get something that feeds you, that causes you to see differently, think differently, and instead of being overcome, be an overcomer. Get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, come on into the classroom with us, and let's pray and release faith for exactly what we should get today. Father, we thank you, we worship you, thank you for your word, for your spirit. You are everything we need. And we reach out to you. We lay hold on you. We say, feed us, uh, impart to us, add to us. We ask for it in Jesus' name. And we purpose to be doers and not hearers only. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you would turn in the scripture again to Luke, the sixth chapter, and let's continue in our study uh, on this topic of faith for healing. We've studied already four individual cases, and we're down to number five, the healing of the man with the withered hand. Let's begin in Luke 6, the first verse. It says, It came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he, Jesus, went through the cornfields or wheat fields, and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. Certain of the Pharisees said to them, Why do you that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? Jesus answering them said, Have you not read so much as this, what David did when he himself was hungered, and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God, and did take and eat the showbread, and gave also to them that were with him, which it is not lawful to eat, but for the priest alone? And he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath." And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing, is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Turn back to Mark, 
Mark, the second chapter. Let's read Mark's account of this same healing. 2.23 of Mark. It said, It came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said to him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said to them, Have you never read? What David did when he had need and was hungered, he and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat but for the priests, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath." Now, like we mentioned uh, on yesterday, you can see so much emphasis on the Sabbath, <laughs> the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath. And this is not an isolated instance. Like we said, four other uh, healings in this 20, this same topic came up because he was healing people on the Sabbath day. <laughs> we see that he's about to get into the, uh, in Mark 2, the, the healing here. But it was also other things they did on the Sabbath day. And what uh, Jesus said is uh, the Sabbath is made for the man, not the man for the Sabbath. Now, there's so much revelation in this. God did not make us to serve religion hmm? or to serve a day or to serve like we said, rituals. You, you'll even, even hear a lot of people saying, you know, well, uh, God made us to serve the planet, to take care of the planet. Uh, and so they're saying it's the man for the planet. No, God made the planet for the man. <laughs> Can you see this? Yeah. And even in his commands of observing a holy day, it wasn't just so we could serve a religion or a routine or a ritual. It was for our benefit. So we'd get some rest, right? And remind ourselves of who God is. Can you see that? And the problem is, it had happened here in Jesus' day, and it's still with us today. People have focused on their doctrines, their beliefs, and being correct in their doctrines, and have lost sight of who God is. And, and you have people who have religious education, but have never been born again, and don't know God, and don't know what's important to Him, who He is. And so they misrepresent Him. God is much misrepresented in the earth, in our generation. He has been in every generation. Keep reading, says, He entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him, what? On the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. Now let's just stop right here. They're, they're not concerned about the man who needs healing. Can you see that? Yes. Their only concern 
is proving they're right. And that's why uh, the next verse reveals Jesus, uh, how he, he felt about that. Um, verse 3, Jesus said to the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he said to them, he turned and looked at these religious leaders. He said, is it lawful, because that's what they're making an issue out of, to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Which one is okay to do on the Sabbath day. And uh, they held their peace. They didn't give him any answer. There's so many people that are so judgmental and legalistic, and they're always trying to tell you what you can't do. But they don't tell you how to do things. <laughs> it's only what you can't do. And, and judging and and, of course, they're telling him, you, you can't uh, have healing on the uh, Sabbath day. In fact, the woman with the spirit of infirmity, they said, you know, there are six days in which men are to work, and them come and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. Well, when are they having healing meetings, you know? When, when is their healing day? They never have a healing day. And yet, they can tell Jesus when he can't do it. Now, this is religion. And it's not God. It's a replacement for a relationship in knowing God. And, and so uh, verse 5, this angered the Lord. He looked round about on them with anger, being grieved. You could say it like this. It made him mad and sad at the same time. Can you see this? What, ma what made him mad and sad? You know, how hard they were and how blind they were. And you got to remember who we're talking about now. These are their ministers, right? These are their priests and their preachers and their, the doctors of the law were the ones that have been to school for years and years and, and could read the other languages and they had, they're the doctors of divinity. And the Pharisees are the most strict sect the most conservative, you could say, of it, not liberal, the most conservative of everybody, and yet both groups are hard-hearted, calloused, insensitive, and uncaring. Both groups are blind. And here, they, they, you know, they would say God is their life. And the law and the word is their life. And here they're, they're seeing God in Jesus. And they don't like him. They're hearing God through Jesus and they despise him. Jesus said on another occasion, he said, they hated me without a cause. And he said, they have seen and hated both me and my father. Serious. We'd like to think if anybody would genuinely see and hear God, that they'd love him. It's just not true. Wasn't then, isn't now. There are millions. They do. How many understand, people are seeing and hearing God today through his church. Those that truly are his, he's still speaking through his ministers, through his people. 
I like to believe he's speaking through us in, in faith schooling, right? And, and church, why? Because I'm not just trying to come up with something on my own. We're reading this. And if, you know, is everybody thrilled about faith school? Huh? With the whole world? Say, oh yeah, I like that Keith more. <laughs> and that healing and that prosperity. and that, No, there are people that hate it. They despise it. But the thing is, did I come up with this? Then are they despising God himself? It's always been this way. And as a believer, you got to be ready for some persecution. The scripture said, they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, not might, shall suffer some persecution. And so if everybody, everybody in the world likes you, you're not doing well. <laughs> you, are, you are compromised. <laughs> with Jesus, with Peter, with Paul, there were folks that loved them and folks that hated them. Right? And if you're going to be like the master, it'll be the same way. He looked round about on them with anger being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. Then he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Can healings happen just that quick? Yes. Yes. My, my, my. He said, stretch it out. He stretched it out, and it was whole. Whew. <laughs> Anybody like that? Yeah. <laughs> Is the Lord the same yesterday? Today and forever. He never changes. Is he no respecter of persons? If he'd do it for him, he'll do it for you. If he did it then, he hadn't changed, he'll do it now. Right? Which is why we're given these cases. We're not supposed to read them and go, isn't that amazing? Wouldn't it have been great to live back then? And so No, he wants you to know this is what he wants happening right now. These are the things that'll hinder it. This hard-heartedness and uh, you know this rigid keeping rules instead of caring about God. You know, he said in Matthew, we'll see in a moment, he said, if you understood this scripture, you wouldn't have charged the uh, uh, accused, the guiltless, that I will have mercy, kindness, and not sacrifice. When you know God, you know he is perfectly righteous and he is the judge of all the earth. But you remember in Ezekiel, he said, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies. You ever read that? He said it more than once. I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies. He says, why will you die? He said, repent and live. Well, we know in Peter in the New Testament, it says, God's not willing that any should perish. Is that true or not? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come. To repentance. So it gives God no pleasure to see people falter and fail and perish and die. It gives him no pleasure to see people sick. It gives him no pleasure to see people in poverty and lack. It gives him no pleasure. It's not his will. He's kind. He's good. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. They wanted to fuss about it. But the Lord wanted the man healed. And basically when he told him, come here, you know, get closer to me. Get away from those guys. Come over, come over here. 
And basically when he said, uh, stretch out your hand, he said, forget about them. Hmm? It's just me and you right now. Stretch out. And he did. And, and his hand was whole. And what happened with his, uh, the Pharisees? They went out and, and immediately took counsel with the Herodians. Now, the Herodians, that, that's the, Herod was the king. And so they went to see what kind of political uh, way they could get him in trouble. And you understand, at the end, that's what it was. It was a combination of the high priest and Pilate that they were able to eventually get him crucified. And um, this, they were incensed, angry over what? What did Jesus do? Helped a man get healed. Why would you be so mad about that? Well, it wasn't just them. It was the spirits behind them motivating. And healing makes the devil mad. Oh, it makes him mad. Why? Because healing is such a manifestation of the kindness and goodness of God. And the kindness of God leads men to repentance. And the devil wants to convince everybody that God is either mean and hard or he's so distant he can't be bothered with you or touched by you. But healing shows God is real, he's present, and if he will heal your body, he certainly cares about your soul. Is that right? And your spirit and, and, the, and even bigger things. And so that it really... Uh, just pulls back the devil's lies and shows the reality of God, the truth of how good he is. Look in Matthew, the, the 12th chapter, in verse 1. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Behold, your disciples do that which is not lawful to do, Upon the Sabbath day. Now you know there's still a lot of folks around today. That think it's their job. To go around and correct people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have designated themselves. The Holy Ghost police. <laughs> and their job is to point out to you. Where you're wrong. And, and how you're wrong. And uh, last week. We went over to James 4, verses 11 and through there, and saw that if you are a judge, you are not a doer. If you are one of these that's always going around correcting people, uh, you got the spotlight, you're shining on them, but you never shine it on yourself. And if you're a doer, you're not so critical of others. Because you realize it's not as easy to do as it is to talk. Huh? (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, armchair football or basketball or baseball, right? I mean, you can sit there and and in in the comfort of your home, right? Sipping your iced tea or whatever and get up and go, what's wrong with you? The ball was right there. Why? All you had to do was close your hands. What is wrong with you? Well, that's easy for you to say, couch professional. Right? 
But if you had been there in that guy's uniform, right, you, then you'd realize that when you turn and jump for the ball, you had sweat and the sun or the lights in your eyes. And when you twisted, that rib that you got cracked last week was calling your name. <laughs> and when you tried to catch that ball, it was wet. There was something on it. And it's just not the same as sitting on the couch. <laughs> right? When you actually do it, you have a very different perspective. You have a different, very different understanding and you're not so critical. You're not so judgmental. But the problem is uh, these guys and folks that have followed in their steps, judging, 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 never doing. And that is hypocrisy. He's trying to help them with scriptures that would explain what they're asking about. But they didn't appreciate it. He said, or, uh, verse 5, have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days, the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Now that should have got their attention. He said, well, what about every Sabbath day? All the work that the priests do and the Levites and everybody, aren't they working on the Sabbath Hmm? And they should have thought, hmm. And he said, yet they're blameless. But he said, I say that in this place is one greater than the temple. If you had known what this means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. When he was departed there, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? Now, see, that's one reason we want to read all three of these accounts, because uh, the other accounts didn't say they had asked him this first. They just tell you his response. But they actually had challenged him where this man was with the withered hand, about they said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? He said to them, what man is there among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. And, and again, Matthew is the only one who includes this. Uh, Luke and Mark didn't get into this, that not only did he give them examples of uh, cases where seemingly people violated the Sabbath and yet they didn't in God's eyes, he also brings in this element about the care of animals. Now you will also find this in other healing accounts. Jesus brought this up more than once, more than twice, more than three or four times. Interesting, isn't it? That he brings this up about an animal being taken care of. In, in talking about a healing. Um, 
In Luke 14, just turn there and let's notice this because this is an example of him bringing it up again in another healing. Luke 14, there was a woman that had a spirit of infirmity, the scripture said, and was bent over, bowed over for years and couldn't straighten up. And um, Jesus saw her, he called her to him, said to her, woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. And immediately she was loosed and made straight. And verse 14 says, the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, made him mad. And who is this? This is the head guy at the synagogue. He said to the people, there are six days in which men ought to work, in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And like we said, when are they having healing days at the synagogue? And yet, they're telling Jesus when he can't do it. Verse 15, the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite. Oh boy, bet that went over big. Huh? This is the ruler of the synagogue. <laughs> You hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass, his donkey from the stall and lead them away to watering? I'm just using this as another example. Multiple times Jesus brought up animals in distress in explaining why it was okay for somebody to be healed. Right now. And this is big revelation. There are so many answers here. You'll find if you start talking about divine healing, one of the biggest obstacles you have to overcome is, is it God's will for, for all to be healed? Is it God's will? Most church-going people don't believe it's always God's will for people to be healed. Most church-going people, they don't. You're always running into this, running into this. And they're basing it on traditions of men, trying to explain things that they don't understand. But the answer to these questions are in the Word. They're in Jesus' comments and responses about somebody being healed. Like I said last week, I'm convinced all the questions about healing are answered in these 20 cases that are recorded for us. They're answered over and over again. All of them. And how you see things makes all the difference. How do you see a healing? According to Jesus, we should see it no differently than helping a distressed animal. And how hard do you have to pray to find out if it's God's will or not to help an animal in distress? <laughs> huh? Do we accept what Jesus taught about this? Or do we let religious stuff influence us and tradition replace the Word of God? Somebody said out loud, I accept the Word. I accept the Word. I accept the word. And our time's up again. Well, it just clicks right by, doesn't it? Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith.
giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 